Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. My name is Layla, and you're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning as we discuss God's Word. But before we get into it, let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Lord, and thank you for what you've done. God, give us wisdom as we go through this devotional, Lord. Show us those things to come by your Holy Spirit, Lord, and guide us into all truth, Lord. Minister today each one their needs lord give us this day our daily bread lord deliver us from the hands of the evil one lord we thank you for yours being the kingdom and the power and the glory forever lord we thank you that you sit on the throne lord and that you are god almighty lord we just thank you for your grace that covers those that are participating in this podcast lord those that are listening and those that are partnered with this ministry lord that you are giving them favor lord and causing them to excel in the presence of their enemies lord that they have nothing that they can say against them lord because you are our advocate lord the one jesus christ who stands before you lord and intercedes on our behalf day and night lord and we thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your compassion and your mercy, Lord, and your immense faithfulness, God, that you accomplish all that you said you'd do, Lord. Lord, we ask you for healing power to those that need it, Lord, that you strengthen them wherever they need it, Lord, that you continue to build them up and that you, they continue to build their faith, Lord. Their faith has grown and expanded, God, that they see you and they fully trust in you lord that they're fully convinced that you can do all that you said that you would do lord so we thank you for those promises that are in you yes and amen in jesus name amen in jesus mighty name amen and amen well good morning and welcome everybody we're glad to have you with us as we continue our discussion and study in the book of acts and we just ask that if you are blessed by this message, that you like the episode, that you subscribe on this and any number of the channels or platforms where you can find a day of prayer, and also that you would share this episode with someone else so they too can be blessed, and most importantly, that they can grow in relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. So, that being said, welcome. And we're going to get into the Word. We're moving forward, and we are going to begin chapter 4. So, can I get a volunteer to read the first 14 verses of chap- of Acts chapter 4? I will. All right, I promise. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people, and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about five thousand. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, 
Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together in Jerusalem, at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for the good deed done to the helpless men, me. man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there nor is there salvation any other, for there is no other name above under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Amen. Well, at this time, the floor is open for each of you to share what the Holy Spirit's speaking and ministering to you, and of course, to ask any questions that you may have. So, who would like to begin? I have a question. All right, brother. If we look here, um, <coughs> get to right. Da, 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 da. Where am I? It says, um, in verse 7, by what power or by what name did you do this? Um, I don't even know how to properly frame the question. Where would you perceive someone had that power? It's like, by what name? It's just interesting that they, they even thought to ask the question that way, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's kind of an odd question in a way. Well, didn't they answer this already? Well, they, they did. But right, I mean, that, that goes back to verse 12, chapter 3. And, and then literally the, well, all the other episodes, so, so verses 12 through 26, not only did they answer that question, but they also state by what name and make it abundantly clear to all who were there who all would listen where this power and by what name they were operating in right and from whose authority they were operating from or where that authority came from from jesus which they also acknowledge in verse 13 right and they realized that they had been with jesus Right, but remember we were talking about uh, maybe two podcasts ago that they wanted it to be somebody else. So they were, they were happy to see the miracles, right? They're like, okay, so maybe it wasn't that guy after all, thinking of Jesus because they killed him and got rid of him in their minds, right? They knew exactly who he was, that he was actually the true Messiah, but they did not like him. They didn't want him to be their Messiah. So they see miracles and they're like, okay, maybe we got another, there's, a, there's somebody else, can't be that guy. So... Who are you operating under? So we're going to see if we're going to accept you or reject you. And so when Jesus, as he is so wise in the Holy Spirit, come back around and still say, it's Jesus of Nazareth. 
he's still the door, then some people say, okay, and choose to enter in by the door. And then you see the Pharisees, they're going to go on their way and continue to reject him. But that, that's where that question more than likely comes from. Well, isn't there a component there that, um, I mean, what is the, I, I guess I would ask another question. So then what is the purpose of signs and wonders? <clears throat> to bring God glory, correct? Yes. So. Um, well, it depends on who's doing them. I'll say that because you remember Egypt, the magicians had their own signs and wonders. And we know the Antichrist will have his own signs and wonders. So it's to bring the worker of them, right? God, for us who believe, to bring him glory. But for the ones who are doing it by wickedness, to bring themselves glory or the adversary. So taking what you said, if we jumped to ahead to Revelation, mm-hmm. then we would see that the people were misled because of the great powers of the beast, right? Mm-hmm. And they attributed it to the beast, right? Mm-hmm. As God. Mm-hmm. A- as God, or that, but, but that he had the power. Right. But this question is posed that there had to be some recognition that this power was beyond them. Yes. they it would. Was, it was obvious in how things were unfolding that mm-hmm. this power came from someplace other than them. Right. And remember, they, would, they said to Jesus, well, give glory to God. Or um, when he healed, was it uh, a blind child or something like that? And they said, well, we know this is our son. He couldn't see before, but he can now. And they said, well, give glory to God. Don't give it to him. Don't, don't give it to Jesus. Um, let me find that. So I can look at that. Mm. Okay, that's John chapter 9. Uh, and I'll start at verse 13. It says, They brought him who formerly was blind to the Pharisees. Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Then the Pharisees also asked him, uh, that would be the blind man, again, how he had received his sight. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, How can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a a division among them. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. And they asked them saying, is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know, or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had agreed already that if anyone confessed that he was Christ, he would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory, for we know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. One thing I know, that, I, that though I was blind, now I see. 
Then they said to him again, what did he say? What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered and told them, I mean, he answered them. I told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want me want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses's disciple. We know that God spoke to Moses. As for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. So, um, that, that was at a, that account of them saying, well, just give God the glory. Don't give credit to Jesus for doing what he did. Um, but Jesus also references the children of the Pharisees and says, you always seek a sign. You're always looking for some outward display of power to know something, but when the truth comes, you're not willing to hear it. So. Well, I think there's an element there too, that, um, since you, where you came from that reference really draws it in nice. And that is when God gives us over to the futility of our own minds. Right. And we know in Romans, he tells us that that happens because we do not recognize God and give thanks to him. That's right. Literally. Right. So mm-hmm. they're, they're clearly, this clearly was a supernatural event, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but having already denied Christ, mm-hmm. the recognition as it were, he deserved when he, restored the sight to that blind man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, they now are stuck in their futility of their minds. Mm-hmm. And not to mention the fact that causes hardness of heart right? that makes you want to stay in it to prove yourself right, so you just look for ways to prove yourself right. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So they, um, back to the, the song that I was mentioning um, that Israel sings. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this again for all of our hearers. We love and bless Israel. And we recognize the place that God has given them. And we're not challenging that at all. And we uphold them and pray for their salvation um, because it's important as we pray for the salvation of all. And we realize the position that God has given them and they still have to come through the door. They still have to come through Jesus. So even in this essence here where they were denying Christ because they did not want to recognize him as God, that still carries on. Well, there's another savior. It's going to be another time or it's going to come another way or it's going to come the way I think it should or the way I thought God was describing in his scriptures. Well, he upholds his word as he upholds his word. It's not to us to dictate to him what his word said and that way of telling God you're wrong. Now we can declare his word back to him and stand in faith saying, God, you are, um, you are my shield and exceedingly great reward. Yes, he said that to us. So we receive his word and we declare it back to him in trust, but not saying, God, you're wrong about how you're doing things. Fix it and do it the way I want. So even in this regard, they were looking, well, is this, who's this other name? So now we, we're still looking for the Messiah because we didn't take the real one that came. So we're still looking. Are you, where are you coming from? And then when they, God is consistently as he is said, no, it's Jesus, the name of Jesus, and specifically Jesus of Nazareth, then they want to reject again. But other people took their opportunity to believe. Just something else you want to say, Dean? No, not right this second. Oh, okay. Anybody else? I see you shifting over there, promise. You got something? Yes. Okay. Verse 8 to verse 12. Where I was talking about where it says then peter filled with the holy spirit said to them mm-hmm. rules of the people and elders of israel if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless men 
man, sorry, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by his, sorry, by him this man stands here before you whole. Mm-hmm. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there any salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Mm-hmm. Amen. So you see the confirmation that they were trying to look for salvation through someone else. Is there maybe someone else that's coming? Is it another Messiah? No, it's Jesus. It's this one right here. And you're not going to find a way around what God said. Now, um, the scripture talks about having a form of godliness, but denying the power. So you know all the scriptures, you know what the word says, and you even have an inkling on the inside of you bearing witness. The Holy Spirit's knocking on your door going, that's the Messiah. But you go, no, shut up. I don't want to hear you. I don't want to hear that because that's not what I want. And whatever the, the variations of that conversation goes, but when the Holy Spirit comes to us, when the Lord comes to us, that's Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and his fullness comes and speaks with us at any point, it's our job to go, okay, yes, sir, I receive you. We may not understand it at the time. We may not even particularly like what the Lord is saying to us at the time, but our job is to open our hearts to him and say, yes, Lord, and then let him walk us through this process of renewing our mind or the parts of us that are in opposition to receiving whatever it is that the Lord is trying to bring to us. And what also I noticed about this was that I see the two, two things happening here. God will take one situation, but he'll work many things out of it. So they preached the word and they were, the Lord was adding and providing the harvest, but also they preached the word and people went further into rejection, which, um, I guess I would liken to, we are the fragrance of life, right? We are the fragrance of God in the earth to the people that are being drawn to him, that are choosing to receive him, that will be a part of the kingdom, uh, receive him and be a part of his heavenly community. We smell like that's the best thing ever. We smell like life. We smell like I need that just like Jesus. And it's a, a tantalizing aroma, if you will, it draws them in. But for those who are perishing, we smell like death. We are rank and putrid to them because we represent Christ. We smell like him in the earth. And for ones who have pitted themselves against the Lord, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to see it. They don't want to smell it. They don't want anything to do with Christ. But for the ones who do want and will, even if they don't fully comprehend it with their consciousness, something in them is drawn. That's why we're here. There, We are going to reflect Christ if we let him be our God and we submit to him to be his people. And he will get the outcome that he desires because even the ones that reject him, they're still given a chance, which is God's obligation because he committed to do that in his word. You have something, Dean? No, I liked your analogy of, of course, um, you know, you're quoting the word that we are the smell of death, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To those that are perishing. Mm -hmm. And I just immediately got a a vision of a couple of things and a couple of different ways of looking at it. Imagine that you have a refrigerator that has food in it and has Tupperware containers or whatever containers you have to keep your food fresh, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When the door is closed, the light is off, mm-hmm. and the food is contained in that 
in that container, mm-hmm. right? It, but it could be rotting. Mm-hmm. But if you open the door, the light mm-hmm. comes on, and then you open the lid, the smell overpowers you of this putrid <laughs> food, right? Uh-huh. When, when, we, when we appropriately um, confront people about their sin, or just because we're around them and talking about something, maybe in our own life and sharing an experience we mm-hmm. had, it exposes their sin, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. it, it causes them to open their lid, <laughs> to smell it, right? Because they're mm-hmm. looking inward at themselves, comparing, mm-hmm. and it's um, uh, like sitting in the dark for a while, and somebody comes in a room and turns on a bright light. It hurts mm-hmm. your eyes. So mm-hmm. that light that's off in that refrigerator, just like when, when the light comes on, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes you realize how dark the room was that you were in, that it mm-hmm. actually hurts you, mm-hmm. right? The light that's meant to give life mm-hmm. is now, because you've been in darkness so long, actually mm-hmm. initially hurts you. Right. It, it does make you kind of cover your eyes a little bit, but then you have a choice. You can either proceed to move forward in the light and let your eyes adjust and endure that pain, which lasts for just a moment, then be able to clearly see what's in front of you and walk and do whatever else you need to do. Or you can choose to retreat into the darkness and say, I like it better in here. And close your eyes. And close your eyes, yeah. beat up whoever turned the light on, which is normally our natural um, reaction. We want to attack that standard of righteousness, somebody who came to provide the light, well, you're doing this and you're wrong. And, you know, we try to beat them down so we can safely retreat into our darkness and we don't have anybody to observe what we're doing or where we are. And now it seems more right to us. So I do appreciate that, Dean. I like that um, analogy and those examples. Layla? You know, I just found it interesting, like, when we look back at the beginning of chapter 3, this is said there was the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And here we are looking at the Pharisees and Sadducees, and they're laying hands on people and, you know, bringing them before the court. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought this is the hour of prayer, not laying hands on each other, which in their law, they were already told not to do that unless they had a witness of the event. Now they're just going. And not just one witness. They had to have two or three. Or three mm-hmm. or more, but at least two. And now we see uh, Annas, Caiaphas, John Alexander, and all those that belong to the family of the high priest. Let me remind you, the same ones that condemned and said, oh, let Jesus be crucified. All of them are here again. You're supposed to be in prayer and you're hauling someone off to jail. And the Lord just, it made me <laughs> laugh because the Lord reminded me of how I do that in my own life. Um, I'm supposed to be like cleaning up and doing chores. And here I am dragging my brothers before the courts, if you will, before mom and dad going, Oh, look what they've done. What they're not doing. And the Lord's like, um, you were supposed to be cleaning. So how did you find time to do this? How did you witness this crime that they committed? Exactly. Was thou not that cleaning thine room or whatever? Like I wasn't supposed if you to. were doing what you were supposed to be doing. How then did you have time to find time to do this? So it just made me laugh that oh, the, the things that the Lord sees and just him, his goodness to, to allow me to see that just now brought Amen. a smile to my face. Amen. You know, when we read the word, it's easy to go, oh, look at them, man. Oh, man, I would never do that. They were so dumb. How could they? Look at those. Lord, they're betraying you. I was betraying you. And we're, we're so uh, righteous in our own mind. But then when we actually look, turn that light on or open our own lid, <laughs> And, and begin to see and test what's on the inside of us, we can go, oh, so this would be a case of, you know, I'm trying to get the speck out of your eye while I got a big plank in my own eye. The whole forest is dead, <laughs> But then we try to justify and go, well, if you smell your armpits and you didn't put deodorant on, it's not that bad. Well, 
well, it's not as good as it should be. Or either. get mad at someone else for saying their eyes are watering when you come nearby <laughs> and put your hands over your head. You get offended. As I say, <laughs> when confronted, uh, we want to be the defense attorney. Mm-hmm. When we're confronting others, we want to be the judge. That's right. We're Ooh. actually we want to be the prosecutor. <laughs> we're we're condemning them and we're judging. We're and then we're the jury. I mean, you see us switching hats and all just to make sure that our point is carried out, right? Yes. So I, I do think that's interesting. They were supposed to be praying, but um, they were in there beating people up in the temple, which I'm pretty sure wasn't what was supposed to be done in that place. Uh, Promise, did you have something? Yes. All right, go ahead, honey. And Okay, so it reminded me of the scripture that remind me of verse it's our last chapter where it's talking about how Moses was said to the fathers that anyone who will not believe will not believe inside of the prophet that they're gonna be destroyed. Uh-huh. And so the Lord reminded me of that. How the Pharisees they blocked their ears and contained going inside of the way the way that they were going. And mm-hmm. The Lord reminded me of warning where I said, will not. Not saying. Go ahead, honey. And the Lord reminded me of, for example, of, let us clean up and go. And I say, no, Lord, I'm not going to clean up. I'm going to sit here. That I'm, that I'm doing the same thing. I'm going. There's a difference between. The Lord gives everybody a chance to hear and have a chance to choose. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord's telling me that you have a choice to do what you're going to do with that chance. So if there's a forked road, you can either take the road that leads into a sand pit, sinking sand, mm-hmm. or the road that continues. Mm-hmm. And how never is there a chance that that person's not given that opportunity. Um. Christ is good and we have chances until there are none. He is the one who numbers them. He knows the length and the breadth of what will be. And when he judges sufficient, it's been sufficient. It is truly sufficient. It's as humans, it's not our determining factor to go up. That's, that's the 10th time I told you that you're done. I'm never going to forgive you. That that's not our scope. That's not where God asked us to, um, delegate but for god he is the one who who knows that so um we should not take lightly the opportunity god gives us and we should treat every time he brings something to us as a chance our our last chance (laughs) our only chance to grab a hold to what's right and pursue him in that way um typically if we're lackadaisical and go oh i got 10 more chances We'll wait until number 10 before we halfway maybe try to grasp on. But then by that time, we've become so dull in our senses that we might often even just pass past that. And, and before we know it, we're in the futility of our minds, like you mentioned, Dean, and we've missed everything. So when the Lord speaks, we should treat him and his voice just like it is exactly what he says it is. His word is life. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We should treat it like our very existence depends and relies upon what he says to us. And, um, you know, I keep coming back to this, but 
every time the Lord speaks with us, every time he presents those opportunities and those chances, it is a smaller version of salvation. I'll say we, we know the grand salvation, not going to hell, but when he says, okay, I want you, um, Dean, for example, I want you to make this decision with your business and you go, okay, yes, sir. I'll do that. That is him offering you his salvation for moving your business forward. If you reject him, then you know, it's going to be hell <laughs> in your business. Roughly, roughly that, that same, that same small compact life or death does come to us. And yes, God is gracious. It's not the final destruction. So he'll lead us back if we let him, but you do experience whatever trouble that is that that consequence that hell that Lord is trying to save you from in the process when he meant for you to live in salvation, he meant for you to be delivered. So that's why he speaks with us when he knocks. Yes, Lord, open the door and obey him because ultimately he's doing that to bring deliverance to you, to keep you in the way that you should go to continue to bring about his purpose in the earth. And in particular, in your life because he's a good God and he has good things for you and he wants your best, but your best can only come about in his best. You're never going to have your best away from his best. All right. Well, I think, Oh, well, go ahead. Go ahead, sweetheart. Go ahead. Okay. Then the other part is Lord's talking to me about what would was with Peter and how he forgave the set, Pharisees and Sadducees. And the Lord reminded me there is a difference. Peter forgave the Pharisees and Sadducees versus the Pharisees and Sadducees who didn't forgive, even though they're even though they're there and sad are wrong. Amen. Amen. So that means keep our hearts soft and tender and let us not endure or prolong forgiving others. We should be prompt to forgive it and actually refuse to take offense. We don't see Jesus being offended for a little bit and come back later and be like, all right, I'll forgive y'all. Hold up. Let me get off this cross, God, because I need to go take a moment and forgive them. Nope. He was already offering that uh, forgiveness up front and he had already refused to take offense. Even when he was literally being murdered and the act of it literally being murdered, murdered. And Stephen got a hold of that as well. We see him walking in that um, the martyr when he was being murdered by Ah, probably the same group of folks or similar. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to wrap it up for uh, right there for today. Uh, we just thank you for being with us. Can you close us out in prayer, Layla? Yes, I can. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for your goodness, Lord, and for your mercy and your forgiveness, God, that you see us for who we are, Lord, and that you fix us up and you draw us to you, God. We thank you for our partners and we thank you for our listeners, Lord, that they're being blessed by these podcasts, Lord, that at the sound of our voices, that they're being healed and restored, Lord, by the spirit that you sent to be in the earth, Lord, to guide us into all truth and show us things to come, Lord. We thank you for the life and the abundant life that you are giving them, Lord, the blessings that you're pouring out on them, Lord, so much that it overtakes them, God, and they don't know what to do but praise you, Lord. We thank you for who you are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. We hope you've enjoyed listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. This year, Pastor John and I are believing for 1,000 new partners to believe God with us and join in the work of the ministry. God is doing great things 
through a day of prayer, and we want you to be a part. If the Lord has placed on your heart to partner with us, please contact us online at adayofprayer.org. Click on the menu and select Partner. Complete the form, and we'd love to hear from you. Thank you again. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.